0: All right, so going from living in Bali to having two permanent jewelry stores, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So I've got Sarah with us. She is a linked permanent jewelry training student. And Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got started in permanent jewelry and how it's going?
1: For me, it's really something that I fell into, but last year I was traveling, I was in Scottsdale and just kind of perusing around downtown and I walked past a store And they were doing it in there. And I was like, oh, what's this? So I walked in there and I kind of just looked around and I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this vibe. But being in the beauty industry, I understand that trends kind of come and go. So I started watching it from then. So that was about a year and a half ago. And as I watched it, it just started growing and growing. I was kind of on my own journey. I was on my way to going to live in Bali, so it wasn't really at the right time, right place kind of thing. And I just wanted to continue watching it. So kind of started to notice that it was taking off the the same way that eyelash extensions were. So when I got home from Bali, I was like, huh, let me see how this would go Like in the area that I was in at that time. And this was in January of 2023. So, or I mean, February of 2023. And I was like, okay, well, let me just do this as a passion project on the side on the weekends. And then it just kind of took off from there outside of really my control. I was just kind of following the flow.
0: Nice. And so when you were doing your research, did you ever watch any videos like this from our channel?
1: Uh, No, I didn't watch any videos from this specific channel. I don't think it really came up at that time when I was doing research. I pretty much just jumped in. I think I saw like an ad or something. And I was like, okay, this looks great. Like I really didn't do a lot of research. I just followed like my intuition on it. So I pretty much just pulled the trigger and was like, let's do it.
0: To me, that's one of the best skills to have is being able to follow that gut instinct or your intuition. Like I do that all the time. And then, you know, I see so many people let fear run their lives. And you've probably seen that too a lot because you were a, a coach for a while, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I did um, mindset coaching and intuitive coaching. So connecting like the mind and the heart together and understanding how to work the mind and body together. So I have a lot of experience in learning how to follow my intuition in my gut. It can be a scary place because your mind wants to make sense of You know what it is that you're doing, and then you have all these logical thoughts of like, well, this shouldn't really make sense. And then you have the risk factor and all these things. And there was all of that in my mind. I just pretty much just pushed it aside and was like, we're just going to do this. And if it fails, it fails. Whatever. (laughs)
0: Love that. Yeah, I I even had an email this morning from a potential student. She's like, well, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and now I'm concerned because somebody else is doing it in my area. And I'm like, I literally emailed her and I said, look. Waiting has never helped you, as you've just told me. And so go ahead and take action now.
1: Yeah. And I really believe in messy action. Like you really don't have to have any of it at all figured out. It will if as long as you're following your flow, it will all come together in a way that you couldn't even pre-imagined, anyways. So there's not really sitting in fear and staying stuck in like, oh, should I do this? And if, is there competition? There really is no such thing as competition because look at how many hairstylists there are in one area that are super successful. Like, look at however many doctors there are, certain other fields, like even lash technicians or permanent makeup artists, like the list can go on of how good people are in one area. really doesn't have much to do with that. It has to do with your energy and what value it is that you're bringing that people want to come.
0: Yeah. And I I get that all the time. It's like, well, I have one other person doing it in my area. I'm like, okay, that shouldn't stop you from following your dreams.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I mean, usually you can team up with other people in your area too, if you need to, like you can create Mm -hmm. camaraderie and community and connection through that. Um, when you're getting into the lack mindset space of, oh my gosh, like there's competition and you're in that lack space, you're never really going to do super well because you're super focused on what everyone else is doing and not focused on your energy and what you're bringing to the table and what you really want. You're not really following that gut intuition at that point. You're following really what your head is scared of.
0: Love that. So let's give give people some free coaching right now. So you know, maybe they're listening or watching this and they're thinking like, you know, I want to do permanent jewelry. I feel like it's really a calling. It's something that's really standing out to me. I just, I'm afraid it's not going to work out. What would you tell them?
1: You have to change your energy around that space. So when you're again, touching back onto the lack mentality space, when you're in that victim space of, oh my gosh, there's all this competition and there's all these people around me doing it. And they're going to take something from me, or I'm going to take something from them by entering into the space as well. You're already setting yourself 10 steps behind because you're so worried about everyone else around you that you're not really worried about, okay, what's my dream and what is it that I want to focus on? So if you can focus your mentality on not really looking on all the things that could go wrong or all the things that are holding you back from that space Mm -hmm. and instead look at, okay, what if it does work out? What Mm -hmm. if it works out better than I could ever imagine? What if those other people really Don't have anything to do with my space at all? Or what if, like, I'm not taking anything away from them by also entering the space? So it's just about asking different sets of questions that put you in a different energy. So if you can ask questions to yourself along the lines of, what if it does work out? And what if these people don't matter? Then you're going to set yourself up so much further ahead because that energy is going to magnetize people directly to you. Because energy is energy. Like, you can feel it. Like, if someone's in a good mood, you can feel it. If someone's in a bad mood, you can feel it. It's the same way with abundance. So if you're thinking from a space of what if this does work out, you're in an abundant energy. And if you're in a space of, oh my gosh, like there's all these other people doing it too. They're going to take something from me or I'm going to take something from them. You're going to create more of that because your brain works in a very specific way. It's called the RAS, reticular activating system. Mm -hmm. And what that means is your brain filters, deletes Distorts and generalizes all information based on the story that it's telling you. So if you're telling the story of, oh my gosh, there's so much competition, that's what your brain is going to filter and start to see. And same with the opposite. Oh, there's so many people that I could serve in this space. There's so many people that one person can't handle. So I need to come in and help all these people to create this beautiful experience. Then you're going to start seeing people who are so excited, like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like this made, you know, my dream with my mom and I to get connected, or my daughter and I, or you know my boyfriend and I or whomever
0: well, wow. probably the best thing that's ever been said on the podcast. <laughs> oh, thank All you so, <laughs> thank you for that. um yeah, and just for those watching or listening, you know I, I love the reticular activating system, like studying it because and just to put it like in a. Like uh, easy to understand example is like when you go and you start looking at, let's say, a certain SUV, like let's just call it a Ford Explorer. And then all of a sudden on the road, you start seeing all these different Ford Explorers. It's because your brain has been trained to look for that. And so we find what we're looking for oftentimes. And so if you're if you have trained yourself to look for the negative, to look for the potential consequences, to look for the bad stuff, then that's what you're going to see. And that's what you're going to focus on.
1: Yeah. And there's no fault to anybody. Like our brain naturally gravitates towards the negative because it creates a safety around that. And so training your brain to look for the positive is a harder process. I will say that, but it's not impossible. And it's just something that you have to stay on top of. It's a muscle that you have to build the same way as anything else. You were trained by outside circumstances, like people in your life, work, et cetera, et cetera, to think in a negative space. So you just have to take the initiative and the self-discipline muscle to train yourself to look for the positive. And it just creates so much more joy in your life anyways, if you're living from that space.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I need to have you like coach some of my clients and stuff because this, is, this is pure pure gold.
1: Yeah, I would love to.
0: Awesome. So let's talk about your locations. You said you have two different locations. And I, you know, I talked to you a little bit about this before we started recording, but they're in, you know, two separate states, right?
1: Yeah. I have <laughs> one location in Gig Harbor, Washington, and I have another location in St. George, Utah.
0: Awesome. And so to me, that's fascinating because when people usually start out in business, which I know this is not your first business, but the, the biggest hurdle is, you know, trusting someone else to run that business. Cause obviously if you only go there, you know, once a month, you have to have somebody else running it.
1: Yeah. So I have a manager running it. Um, She's my director of operations in Gig Harbor. And so we have like really constant communication. Um, I have set up systems and processes of how I want things done and how I want her to report back to me. And really it's kind of a playing game because we're both figuring it out too. She's figuring out my communication style. I'm figuring out how to give her space so that she can feel free, but also so that I'm in the loop because I mean, I'm states away, right? I live in Southern Utah. So creating that system and process of where we have the open communication, but my big value too is allowing her space to have work-life balance and being able to step away from that. So we actually don't text each other on our phones. I use a whole different, I use ClickUp, for all of our communication, just so that when we're off work or I'm off work, it's like, we're done. We're off. Because that's a really big thing that I want to create in this company is that the people who work for me are not getting burned out. They're not getting tired because in the beauty industry, like people are extremely burned out. They're tired and they don't make super great money. So it's like, they can't. I'm not saying they can't, but most of the people are just tired and burned out and aren't making great money. So I want the opposite of that, right? They're making really great money, living really happily and being able to enjoy the money that they're creating. And that work isn't everything because it's not. We need to have a lifestyle. So, creating those communications and setting it up now so that I don't have to redo it all again later is -hmm. really important. So, I'm really using the Washington store first because that's the one I set up first and working out all the kinks. And then this store, I'll just follow the processes and then rinse and repeat as I go.
0: Now, did you actually learn permanent jewelry yourself or did you just have somebody else take the training?
1: No, I did. I did permanent jewelry myself and I'm training all of my girls.
0: Gotcha. So,
1: just on the things that I've learned and the things that I've, um, you know, not learned and things like that. And then I actually will run my student or my people through the program. So I'll just buy the program for them and have them run through
0: it. Awesome. Um, So what made you set up in Washington when you live in Utah?
1: So I came back from Bali and my parents live in Gay Harbor. So I was with them just stopping there so I could get my footing back and finding a place down here and all the things. And then I had at simultaneously getting home. It was maybe like a week and a half after that I jumped the gun and was like, yeah, I'm just going to buy the kit, whatever. We'll just figure it out. And I bought the kit. And then I pretty much just started one day. Like I was like, okay, let me just start emailing a bunch of people in the area that I know would be a good fit and have the right clientele for what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I pretty much within that one day, I got like four people booked. So I had that whole next month. I was only doing it on the weekends because I was working and doing coaching. So um, I pretty much had the next month already set up from just one afternoon of emailing people. And then I set up an Instagram and I started having people like flooding my DMs in there and being like, hey, we want to host you, like come hang out, like come do this thing. So I said, okay. By that point, I had two months already booked out. I was like, wow, okay, this is growing really crazily. So, um, within the first month, I think I had already hit like 7k and I was only doing it on the weekends.
0: Nice. Yeah. So how much, you said you've done this about three months now?
1: Yeah. Just under, and we've already hit 20k just from the one store.
0: And so what are your, have you opened up the one in Utah yet?
1: It's opening on Tuesday.
0: Gotcha. So um, that's a common question I get is like, you know, you mentioned when you went to the, like when you were new to the area, you emailed a bunch of people. What did you say in that email to like try to reach out and get some business?
1: I kept it really casual. Like I really didn't do a lot of business lingo. I pretty much just said, hey, I'm a permanent jewelry artist in the area. I opened up a local business and I'm looking to soft launch my company through doing pop-ups And that's pretty much along the lines of what I said. And I said, "Is that something that you would be interested in?" I'd love to chat more. And then in that same email, I actually sent a video from you um, guys—the little real video of what permanent jewelry was—and then some other little pictures, just so that that first question wouldn't be "What is permanent jewelry?" Because I just had the assumption that most people didn't know what it is.
0: Yeah.
1: So that alleviated a lot of the back and forth, and. For the most part, I mean, there were a lot of people that didn't get back to me and I just pretty much left it. And I only focused on the people that were getting back to me. They all were super happy. Oh my gosh, this is super exciting. Yeah, we would love it. You know, and I, it was tons of different people that I was reaching out to. Um, I reached out to breweries, wineries, um, coffee shops, pretty much anything I could get my hands into. I really wasn't being picky about it. I just was, the one thing I was being picky about was the walkthrough traffic because I don't want to go set up in a space and there's no walkthrough traffic. Right.
0: Yeah. That's, that's always a common question. I get It's like, what do I say to, to re, when I'm reaching out to other businesses?
1: And to be honest with you, if I didn't really know what to say, I did actually use chat GPT a couple of times
0: <laughs> and it was great. I
1: was like in a casual tone, can you just write up a quick little short email for me? And it did it great.
0: Um, cool. So have you been like, what kind of marketing have you been doing for your store?
1: So I run Instagram and Facebook and TikTok
0: like organic or ads.
1: I do organic. I just started doing ads, but really it was just um to drive traffic to the website. I really haven't noticed a huge um ratio on conversion from ads to people booking an appointment. So I'm I'm still kind of testing the waters with that one. Um I've done some Instagram ads too and really that was just followers. It wasn't converting. So I'm not interested in doing ads that aren't going to convert into customers. Okay. Um, so mainly it's all organic right now.
0: So for anyone like watching or listening, they're like, you know, I'm thinking about going with linked. Like, what would you tell them? Like, you know, why they should go with linked or why not? It's okay.
1: <laughs> linked was a great, uh, resource for me as far as support. The training was great. It gave me everything that I really needed to know, like right up front. It was really easy to digest and very fast for me to run through the program because for me, once I decide that I want to do something, I'm like, hurry up and let me just get out there and do it. So I need to know the basics of everything setting up the machine. I'd never welded in my life before. I had no idea how to do any of that or safety concerns, things like that. But for me, I think the big values in the support group and in the Facebook community where you can really, if hiccups happen or anything happens, everyone in there is so incredible, so sweet. There really aren't any naysayers in there. Um, that at least that I've experienced. So it's really nice to just be able to pop in there and say, hey, this is something that I'm doing. What do you guys think? Or bouncing ideas off. And there's different people in there at all different speeds at all different areas. So anyone can really get support in there because there's all sorts of people at different, you know, paces. So I, f- I found that really helpful too, especially because I'm a very visual person. So I'd never done pop-ups before in my life. I had no idea what to expect or even how to set up for it. So seeing the pictures of people that they post of different ways that they set up their setup, and that was really helpful for me. So I think the biggest value is from the community for sure.
0: Yeah, love it. And that's, that's kind of what I hear from most students. And I agree, like the Facebook group, you can literally search anything you want. And it's probably already been talked about.
1: Yeah, for sure. And Um, the pricing I think is the biggest thing too, of how to set up the pricing and really how to run it and what's going to be the best deal, especially because everyone in different areas are doing different things like in different markets are different too. So like Gig Harbor is a very high affluent community. So I can price things a little higher there. As far as in St. George, it's not as affluent. So I have to price things differently in different areas as well. So it just depends on what your demographic is and who you're partnering with. So for me, being able to go in there and ask, not even necessarily ask questions, I could just search and everyone's running different prices and how they work up their models. So it's cool to see what people are doing too.
0: Awesome. And last topic is going to be customer service. Now you mentioned when you were in Bali, You know, you you experienced amazing service and you've kind of brought that into your business. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So service is so huge for me because as I go into different businesses, myself as being a consumer, there's people who, you know, they just take for granted, especially in the United States, take for granted the fact that we should just be given good service And there isn't a lot of people that know how to create really good service that makes you feel seen, heard and understood. Like, oh my gosh, wow, that was really awesome. I'm not just getting a cup of coffee. Like this person was really sweet and really nice and warm. And like, it's not even just in the conversation. It's just, again, in the energy that you're producing. So, Going back to Bali, the service there is absolutely incredible. People are genuine. They're so nice. They're happy. Like, they're really happy to see you. And so, I wanted that to translate over because for me, this is more about building an experience rather than just putting jewelry on somebody. It's, Mm -hmm. I want people to feel really good and really happy. And even I have tons of people who come to me that are like, I don't even wear jewelry, but this makes me feel so good because I love coming to you and I love coming here in this environment with my friends and like having a lot of fun. So for me, it's really about creating a really awesome experience that that's what people talk about. That's what people makes people refer them back to you because you have like top-notch service. So that's my biggest value is what can I give them? That's not just the piece of jewelry that will create that value of what I'm charging.
0: Yeah. And in a nutshell, what would you say is the best way to create a great experience?
1: It's really about the warmth of who you are and being genuine and authentic to who you are. So the more authentic you are, the more that you know yourself, the more that other people will gravitate and magnetize to you. Also being really happy within yourself as well, because people who are happy are just generally more able to overflow that and spread that in. So if you can look like you're enjoying what you do and you're having so much fun doing it, people really like that. And they are almost magnetized to it because they can tell how much fun you're having in the job and like how much you love it.
0: Awesome. And like, you know, for you, obviously, you've probably already mastered that for yourself. But like, how do you teach that to your employees and team members?
1: Well, I look for people who enjoy fashion, who enjoy jewelry, who are just not there necessarily just to make really good money that's, I I don't really look at that as being a motivator and a driver for people. I want people who are motivated by making people happy and making people feel something.
0: Awesome. Love it. Well, is there anything else you, that I didn't ask that you think I should have asked? No. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it was a pleasure having you on here. Um, I think that, like I said, we've never really talked about you know, mindset to this depth on the podcast. And so I know everybody got a ton of value out of it. Um, If you're watching or listening, you know, comment, what was your favorite piece of advice? And if you're listening to the podcast, we really appreciate, you know, any podcast reviews you could give us. Sweet. Well, thank you, Sarah.
1: Yeah, thank you.